first AMWPBS is signed on the air as a licensed station in September 22nd in 1924. This is a big year. By the way, I'm Tom Kearney, and I'm here every night, Monday through Friday, with a little bit of live and in real-time radio, and we talk about a lot of things, uh, history, economics, the weather, we play trivia, we have a veritable potpourri of things that we talk about to try to inform and interest you, and that's been one of the things that WPTF and the Tom Kearney Show have been about all the time. This is, by the way, a big year for anniversaries. On the, the night of November 2nd, 1920, a radio station uh, in its infancy, KDKA in Pittsburgh, uh, broadcast the election returns. It was the big election year between uh, uh, Warren G. Harding and James Cox, and thereby informed a lot of people directly, immediately, of how the election was going. And uh, those who uh, look back at it, historians realize that that was the point when it uh, became obvious that radio was going to have a, a role in communicating instantaneously things that were going on in the world. And thereafter, a lot of radio stations started coming on the air. One in North Carolina beat WPTF to it, and that was WBT in Charlotte, which came on in 1922. But in 1924, WPTF signed on and uh, with a different set of call letters, but it eventually got to WPTF, which stood for We Protect the Family, the motto of the Durham Life Insurance Company, which owned WPTF, and it became uh, a solid uh, fixture in the culture of Raleigh and uh, eastern North Carolina. And a lot of us grew up listening to WPTF and want to commemorate this 96th anniversary, and we've invited one of our radio friends, a, a friend whose hobby for many years has been radio, though he is in fact an attorney in, uh, in Stanford, North Carolina, Mr. Woody Seymour, to talk about, and he and I are going to talk a little bit about it. I'm a little older than he is, so we have a slightly different set of memories. Uh, while we listen to, this is our way of saying happy birthday to WPTF, and this is at the golden and end of the golden age of radio, which uh, the golden age of radio ran from the 1930s into the 1960s, but that was when television reared its, uh, shall we say, ugly head. Not really, not that, but anyway... Woody, are you there? I'm there, Tom. Have and, I uh, properly introduced you? I hope I have. And, uh, how you have, and as always. And how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine, and I hope you're well, and I hope you're ready to talk about those days when you were sitting in the back seat of your car, and your, your dad had the radio on WPTF, and when you got a chance to listen, you listened to it, and, and uh, the things that you listened to in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, you know, I've, I've mentioned over the years the programs we've done, I've mentioned about uh, having control of the radio. Um, you know, in the modern day, people talk about controlling the clicker, who, who controls what goes on the TV. But uh, when I was growing up, you know, they just weren't... I didn't have a radio, and I had to basically listen to whatever was on in the car or was in the house or whatever it was. So my early years of radio listening, and, you know, you, you talked about how uh, TV had sort of uh, uh, interfered with how radio was was uh, prospering. I mean, when TV came, radio had to change things. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like two things in my life that I really enjoy, listening to the radio and going to 
minor league baseball games were both controlled by the advent of television. So um, I, I'm sort of a creature of I love radio. I've been a radio enthusiast all my life, and uh, uh, we just decided to talk tonight about about my first listening to WPTF. You know, you shared your experiences, and Tony shared his uh, last Wednesday. I can I can tell you, Tom, that uh, I started listening to WPTF sometime in the late fifties, and I, I was raised in Central North Carolina. I've lived here my whole life, and uh, I, I started, the first thing I remember listening to on WPTF was Our Best to You, which is the Jimmy Capps program, and it was a, uh, it was just a phenomenon. Uh, I, I listened to it because I was the young, the younger brother of two sisters who were in high school dating age, and everybody listened to Our Best to You. I understand you could just go go downtown and, and people would be listening to it and you could hear the program without having a radio. I mean, it was just everywhere. And it was on, you know, late at night. And I used to listen to it when I uh, we would go to a high school football game every Friday night. And I would always sit in the back seat and they would always have that on after the game. So I, I really enjoyed the music they were playing and... Um, well, tell us what kind of music they were playing, because then remember we got a lot of people now who didn't grow up here. And we I think to... I was probably born an old soul or something like that. But <laughs> um, and I, I wrote down the names of some some of the artists. Um, that program um, introduced me to the wonderful music of Johnny Mathis, and Johnny Mathis. I have enjoyed Johnny, the music of Johnny Mathis my entire life. Uh, Songs like Chances Are, um, When Sunny's Blue, uh, you know. The Twelfth of Never. Twelfth of Never, Wonderful, Wonderful. And that's the type of music that was played there. But also, one of my favorite songs is uh, Tommy Edwards' All All the the Game. Game. Every time I hear that, that reminds me of Our Best to You. Another one of my favorite songs was by Ed Townsend. And Ed Townsend, For Your Love. Okay, remember. And that, that is a quintessential um, Our Best You song. And another one is called Guess Who by Jesse Belvin. Mm-hmm. And that's one when you hear, you think about music from the late 50s. And I know in Sanford it was a, it was a phenomenon because uh, all the high school kids, and, and we'd listen to the program, and you recognize the people making dedications. They'd only use first names, but we knew who they were. You know, I, I knew even being a little brother, I knew who was dating who, and so we knew who was making the dedications. And it's just a fascinating program. Uh, and it's, it's and I'm glad when I was when I was a little boy growing up that I could listen to that on occasion. So that's when I started listening to WPTF, Our Best to You, with uh, Jimmy Caps. So the other other way was um, on the weekends, um, we would, you know, my dad would, would drive around on a little trip and all, and we'd go places, and, and we'd listen to Monitor. And Monitor was, uh, it's just a, a, 
a very entertaining show. You had some music, you had some good personality, you had some news features, and it had the most interesting, uh, I, I guess you call it the monitor beacon. It was kind of like what they used as kind of between between the uh, going to breaks and things like that, or maybe on the half hour when it's coming on, you'd hear that. And it's just the most interesting song or little noise. I understand that some people don't really like it, but I always did. Can I contribute a little bit at this point? Yes. Well, one of the the mottos of Monitor was going places and doing things. Mm -hmm. And it was a program produced by NBC News. And it it was basically on Saturday, all, all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And in fact, in the beginning, it was on all night. And it it, it went, you know, it traveled. It was around the world. It was kind of like Wide Wide World was on television. It went all kinds of different places. And uh, uh, and it was a way. I've always thought it was a way that being affiliated with NBC WPTF opened the world up to all the listeners in in. Eastern and Central North Carolina, little boys like Woody Seymour, for instance. Exactly. Exactly. It made, it made me a real NBC. Uh, I, I love the NBC personalities. And I kind of grew up being really a, a fan of NBC. Um, I mean, there were some fascinating people, such as Dave Garraway. Yeah, I mean, I love Dave Garraway. Oh, what an, what an interesting person, you know. And then just think about all the different news people. I mean, I. I think about people like Horace Hulling, Brinkley, but John Chancellor. You think about, uh, I mean, there's just so many of them. And, and they were all, all really, really interesting people to listen to. The Monitor Beacon, and I, I cannot confirm this, but I heard one time, and I don't know if it's true or not, but the Monitor Beacon is actually sound from outer space. And I don't know whether that's true or not, but I've heard that one time, and it was a, you know, it was a long time ago I heard that. We'll have to find out if that's true. That's our homework homework assignment. That's right. Yes, yes. So you know, monitor was interesting too. My my family um, took a a month long vacation back in 1963, and uh, my dad just wanted to go across the country and back, and we we went. The southern route on the way over, we went up the entire west coast and came back the northern route. And listening to the radio, I mean, there's a lot of places in the western part of the country where there wasn't much radio going on in 1963. But we got to enjoy Monitor uh, a lot, especially, you know, on the weekends when it was broadcast. Uh, we'd listen to Monitor just about the whole time and really got to, to love it during that month. Um, you know, there's there are other radio network shows. Uh, ABC had a program called The Breakfast Breakfast Club. And they had Paul Harvey was just starting. So, you know, it was nice to have those types of programs. But WPTF had the NBC network, and they were, it was great to listen to that. Um, and then, you know, when I got a little bit older, I, I can remember, you know, I love to listen to the NC State uh, football and basketball games. They always had good good announcers on there. And, of course, Bill well, Jackson, Wally Rossley. I, I remember them. And Woody, mm -hmm. before you get wrapped up in the, because uh, it's easy to do, it happens to me all the time, the Wolfpack Network, and uh, the, it, which was started at, between 
WPTF and the Wolfpack uh, supporters in the late, uh, well, around 1960, because there was no regular uh, radio station or, or group committed to carrying NC State games. There would be sometimes two or three stations carrying the Carolina game and maybe one carrying the Wake Forest and or Duke game, and the state didn't have anybody. They, they were on, but they weren't had anybody committed, and that's when the, uh, the people at NC State, in cooperation with WPTF, started the Wolfpack Sports Network. Before we get into that, though, we need to take a break. That's something that comes with radio. So with your permission, we're going to take a break, and that's the tease. We can come back and talk about listening to sports on WPTF. Is that okay? Sounds good. Willie Seymour is our guest. I'm Tom Kearney. I'm here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 until 10. Tomorrow night, we're going to talk with uh, Nick Pito about the weather. Tonight, we're celebrating the 96th birthday of WPTF, signed on the air September 22nd, 1924. What I have decided to call a typical listener, Woody Seymour grew up in in uh, Sanford, North Carolina, and, and managed to get a really good education at the Wake Forest Law School, and uh, he has practiced law with, uh, in, in Sanford since then. But his hobby has always been listening to the radio, shortwave and regular American AM radio. And so I was, uh, he and I have talked many hours about what we listen to, and I'm just slightly older than he is. I remember network radio and soap operas and by the Bob Hope Show, and he came along just as the transition was being made to the next phase of, of radio in the 1950s and 60s. Woody, it's, it's back to you and listening to sports. Well, I, and, and Tom, I, you'll have to help me with this because I, I, just, I don't remember who came before Bill and Wally on the, on the NC State Sports Network. I um, really don't know that there, there was not a network before then, and I... Um, Were they the first two announcers for the network? I'm trying to think of the man's name who was the uh, announcer for the Duke Blue Devils for so long. Bob Harris. Oh, it was before Bob Harris. Uh, oh. Uh, he uh, worked for WPTF for a while, even before uh, the... When that, uh, when that was Jim, Jim Reed, was he... Now, I know he was the mayor of Raleigh, but he was also the morning show host. Yeah, before. well, he and he and Bill Jackson were the broadcast team. If you see a tape, for instance, of the, of the NCAA playoff game in 1957 when Carolina beat Kansas, those two will be the two who were on it uh, yeah. and doing the broadcast. Uh, it wasn't as highly organized. There weren't the networks that are in operation today. That, that came gradually in the late 50s and into the 60s. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bill Jackson was the... I think the, when the Wolfpack Sports Network was formed, he was the voice of it, and uh, Jim Reed was with him for a while, and then, as you pointed out, he re- he left and went to work for Branch Bank and Trust Company, as a matter of fact, and ultimately became the mayor of Raleigh. But uh, he was replaced by the one and only Wally Osley, who became ultimately the voice of the Wolfpack himself until the 1990s. But they, there's the ones that I think the important names, along with our very own Gary Dornberg, who was a member of the staff of WPTF all those years. It's just always interesting. Now, I, I did not go to NC State. Uh, in fact, I didn't go to an ACC school or undergraduate school. And um, But I've, I've just always enjoyed the broadcast, and I've always liked NC State and liked the, 
pull for their teams some. And, you know, I love a good radio, sports radio broadcast, because there are some really bad ones out there. And I appreciate the ones we have in the triangle that are so, so good and so interesting to listen to. I remember the name that I couldn't remember a moment ago. It was the late Ad Penfield. Oh, yeah. When they did the Duke Blue Devils games. I think he did some sportscasting on WPTF before uh, Bill Jackson and Wally Osley were there in, in the late 40s. But he ultimately became the voice of the Blue Devils and was that for many years. And a guy that I really liked to listen to. He was very crisp in his delivery and had control of things. I associate him with WDNC. Right. Well, that's where he went to, of course. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's, that's like I say, I always learn something when I talk to you on a program. Well, that's why I thought it would be good if you and I sat down and talked like this tonight, because you know some things that I don't and vice versa, and together we're sharing them with our audience and people, some of whom may have been lifetime listeners of WPTF and some of whom have just moved to this area and do not uh, know the the uh, the story uh, of their uh, 50,000-watt uh 96-year-old radio station that, that has been bringing news, weather, and sports and entertainment to eastern North Carolina for all these years. And, you know, back back in those days, there weren't that many radio stations on the air anyway, especially in the local market. And there's a whole lot more radio stations today than there was back in that day. So, you know, WPTF was a really big deal because it was heard all over, uh, you know, a good chunk of the eastern part of the country, and and it's uh, it's just uh, always been an important part of uh, uh, North Carolina's part of North Carolina that, that we all love so much. Um, another voice that, and one of my favorite voices is um, Bob Farrington, and he that's probably. Uh, one of my favorite radio voices I've ever heard. I, and we used to listen a lot to him doing the news, and he was just really an excellent personality. He had a wonderful bass voice, and he was the head of the news department in the early 60s for about five or six years. And I, I would pay money to listen to him do a station ID. And in fact, <laughs> Dom Life actually paid money for him to do the IDs. He told me one time they, the station ID at least twice a day, was sponsored by the Durham Life. By the, they, they, Even though they owned the radio station, they paid to have him do the station ID. He uh, he had a distinctive way of, of saying Wally. Um, he just, he just a, a voice that you, that you would not forget. I mean, he was just... Uh, there uh, there was, you... was a, a program on one of the competing radio stations at WPTF and the the first real competitor for WPTF came along in the like 1939 when WRAL radio went on the air. Uh, had a program called Tempest Fugit on it, and you're a lawyer, so you should know a little Latin, and I know a little Latin, and that's about it. But as I recollect, Tempest Fugit means time flies. Time what I'm flies. telling you is it's time for the half-hour station ID, WPTF in Raleigh, and time to listen to a little bit of news. We'll be back with Woody Seymour and the history of WPTF after this. It's Tuesday, Tuesday night. The date is September 22nd, one that uh, I've learned to remember, and uh, it is the uh, anniversary of the signing on of WPTF under different call letters, uh, and uh, it ultimately became 
assumed to call it as WPTF in 1927 when it was purchased by the Durham Life Insurance Company, and the letter stood for the uh, uh, slogan of the insurance company, We Protect the Family. And uh, Durham Life owned WPTF until 1991 when Curtis uh, Media purchased it, and they're our owners right now. But we like to commemorate and remember our birthdays. WPTF is 96 today. KDKA, which is usually called the oldest radio station, broadcasting station, will be 100, will be 100 later this year. So we're just a little bit behind them. And we've invited one of our many longtime guests and a guy who has listened to a lot of radio in his life, Woody Seymour, who's an attorney in Sanford, North Carolina, to be our guest tonight. He and I, well, we both celebrate that the other one is alive because there are not many radio people like ourselves anymore, and and we can uh, spend uh, time talking about uh, our radio memories, and that's what he's done a little bit for us tonight. Woody, where are you now, and where where do you want to go now? Well, I I was just thinking, coming back from the break, you know, one of your, some of your bumper music, uh, the one that we just heard was from... Uh, by Booker T. and the MGs is from the movie American Graffiti. And I was just thinking that uh, a lot of the music heard on American Graffiti uh, was uh, the type of music they would play on our best to you. Right, and it's and, and one of the ways to draw a line, I think, I decided on this a long time ago, it's definitely pre-Beatle. It's mostly ballads, definitely. love songs. Even one or two pieces of classical music, but it's, and I'm sure that, uh, well, I'm not sure. Well, ultimately, Jimmy Capps may have played uh, some Beatles music, but it, it's, it's before the British invasion. It's, it's yep. it, and, it, and it's love songs and the kind of thing that you would want to say to your sweetie. Well, I also have to say that that I've been joined by my cat on the broadcast. My cat has jumped up in my lap, so I'm sitting here at the telephone, and I've got a cat in my lap who demands my attention, so I'll try to continue to do the program. Okay, I hope she doesn't decide she, uh, she has to take off because that can hurt sometimes when they're sitting on your lap. So. Well, she's she's pretty pretty uh, nice about not hurting me, but she she likes, she likes to be attended to. Um, we were talking in the last segment about uh, NC State, State Sports and uh, Bill Jackson, Wally Offley. Now I know you, you did a um, a program with with Tony last week, and one thing you talked about is is a big a big deal for me too was uh, my dad uh, had to take me to my high school a part of the time because we lived kind of out in the country and I didn't have a car, so every morning we would go to the high school at the same time, and during that trip. We'd listen to Bill Jackson, Wally Osley, and we heard the Head for the Hills, the North Hills Shopping Center. And, you know, a lot of people, there was an advertisement is what it was. I mean, they basically sold advertisements to the stores and businesses in North Hills Shopping Center. But it was a, the way they did it, it was interesting. And it, it, it made me want to go to North Hills Shopping Center. And so... But it was a very comfortable, what we would call today, infomercial. And those two guys were both very easy to get along with, anybody that ever knew them. And uh, and B.J. stayed with the station. He died in 1974, and Wally retired about 1990 and and died not long after that. He was the mayor of Holden Beach, if I remember correctly. Uh, 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, he, it, it just, uh, they were wonderful people to listen to. And uh, it, it was really, and for a, teen, a teenager to want to listen to that type of programming, it shows you how good it was. Because I really look forward to listening to them in the morning. Uh, really, really good, and the Head for the Hills program is just, uh, uh, like I say, heard it every morning, five days a week. So at the same time, what, 8.15 or something like that. And uh, so anyway, that's, a, that's another memory I have. And, you know, WPTF had a lot of interesting things uh, on, on their program, and I've listened to them, you know, and of course, I getting up to the present, uh, I started listening to some of the talk shows, and I remember the first time I heard your program, or I heard you on the radio, was back in the, I guess it was the mid-80s, and you were filling in for uh, an afternoon show for Bob Quessel, and that's the first time I ever heard your voice, so and I've, I've enjoyed listening to your program uh, the whole time you've been on at night. Well, may I mention my my uh, my colleague who is no longer with us, but uh, who became really the, the in the 70s, 60s, and 70s, kind of the face of the station. Some of my colleagues might disagree with me, but Mr. Rittner yes. originated the program that you all are on now, and it was really the, one of the first talk shows in in the South, and it he he had a program where he played music uh, and, and talked a little bit, but one night a week he started to ha- inviting a guest to come and, and talk about some subject, and they had to figure out how to make a tape delay because they couldn't take any callers until they had a way of protecting themselves, you know, to keep people from calling up and saying bad words and stuff like that, and they finally did that, and uh, he eventually was doing one night a week, and then ultimately he was doing a show called The Open Line, and uh, you you probably heard some of it. He always said he didn't want to talk about race or religion. And, of course, there was one one caller, a man in Rocky Mount, who called all the time, and that's exactly what he wanted to talk about. So, <laughs> so they had a, had a regular go-round. But people who couldn't tell you, anybody else on the station knew who Bart Rittner was, and he ultimately hey, he... became the news director. And and uh, But he's the the father of this show called The Open Line. I, I'm his lineal descendant, so to speak. And, uh, and he was the one that if you ask anybody about WPTF, they would remember Bart Redner. He was there 39 years, I think. And I do remember him, and he was on a lot of things. And I remember him being on that show uh, at The Open Line at night. But he was on He was on at, at different times of the day, too. He had a... a wasn't he on with the, uh, they had a bird show or something like that? Oh, yeah, but he the shows you were talking about a little bit earlier, he was often on them because he if somebody was away, uh, he would end up being on the show you mentioned, Let's Go to the Hills. And there was a show that was on an hour later as a part of the morning lineup called Gap Fest. Yes. And Bart and... Uh, and Bill Jackson or Wally Osley, and occasionally Johnny Hood would get on there, and they would talk about the most unusual things. He, Bart and Johnny were going out to the farmer's market one day to to buy a spaghetti tree. Of course, you know, they had kind of lost their center there for a moment. But uh, anyway, uh, but Bart was assigned to do a program 
uh, about bird watching. And it was on for 30 minutes every afternoon. And I was living in Chatham, Virginia then, teaching at Hargrave Military Academy. Yep. And the way I stayed in touch with, with WPTF and, 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 and Raleigh, uh, where the future Mrs. Kearney lived at that time, was listening to the bird show every afternoon with, with Bart Renner. But you heard that show then, I guess. Yes, yes. That's not something that you hear every day on the radio. <laughs> well, it was fun to listen to. It was. And, and, and you know, that's the thing I remember about Bart Renner, and I remember him saying, I am your friend Bart Renner. That, that's the way he signed off. Uh, he, he was... Uh, he, he was like a lot of people on radio. He was a, he was a real character, but I enjoyed listening to him. Well, he was one of the best read people that uh, that I had ever dealt with, and I'm not sure he actually graduated from college. Mike Rayleigh would know the answer because they were very close. But Barr was very intelligent, and uh, I was his producer for a number of years, and it was hard to keep up with him sometimes. But uh, here's my favorite Barr Ridner story, Tom. Yes, and I just thought of it. Uh, he was doing an, an afternoon, he was doing a talk show, and I think it was an afternoon show, or it might have been his, his night show, but some guy called in, and he obviously was had moved to North Carolina from some someplace up north, and he was just ranting and raving about how backward people in North Carolina were, and just it was a, just an awful place to live, and um, he said, you know, he said, I'm, I'm going to go back home, and I, I just can't stand living here anymore. The last thing Bart said to him was, well, I don't know how we're going to get along without you. <laughs> well, I one of the things that I always liked, and I, I've met a couple of people from Jamaica, was the last thing, the Bart's signature, and a lot of radio people, personalities, have uh, something that is, they say at the end of every program, uh, Art Roberts at WLS in Chicago used to say, this has been a work of art, uh, and uh, that was his signature. Well, Boris was Walt Goodman, and he he told me one time, and he did this on the air too, that the, he was he had gone to to Kingston on a vacation, and, and the guy was putting the luggage in his car, and the last thing the man said, for, who was the representative of the hotel, was Walt Goodman, and he just liked that so much he adopted it as his his way of saying good night. And uh, but anyway, he was. He was, as I said, 39 years and was the face of the station. And he's one of the people in the several programs that we have done that I, we haven't really talked about very much, uh, uh, that, that were, had a lot of airtime and a lot of people liked to listen to. And, and another one was the late Gary Dornberg, who was the sports director uh, yeah. for a long time and did that program called Sportsline, which was in the days before we had uh, you know specialty stations that did all sports. WPTF was a little little bit of everything, you know. It was a sports station. It was a, uh, a, a political station. It was an entertainment station. That's how they were, kind of like TV stations are today. It was it was a real pleasure for me when I first started doing programs with you. I would come in to do the program, and Gary Dornberg was doing his sports talk program right before your program. He was between eight to nine hours. And and watching him do a program was just really, it was just interesting to sit and watch him while, you know, I was getting ready to do the program with you. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed, he had a, just a great voice. And once again, he was one of the sports guys that, uh, that I've enjoyed over the years so much on WPTF. 
Well, he had a fantastic memory, and he, he was a great trivia player, and I considered myself really lucky when I, when I would best him occasionally. Of course, that did not please him, and uh, <laughs> he was extremely competitive, too. But, but that's another person we ought to, to mention that was a part of the WPTF family for a long time. And a lot of the news people who were there, Mike Blackman, you may remember hearing him do the news. I'm, I'm stealing your program from you, but I don't No, you're not. I mean, Mike Blackman, I rem- he started it at Kicks, and he came over, and I remember him. He was an excellent news guy. Um, you know, um, there's a lot of good voices on WPTF. A lot of the people who went on to television and Channel 5, uh, like Charlie Gaddy and uh, um, Sam Beard, and a lot of people went from WPTF to Channel 5. And, you know, it, it, this station has had tremendous announcers over the years, interesting people, different people bring different perspectives. Um, you know, that's, I, I feel very blessed that I've been able to listen to WPTF. Well, one of the reasons I wanted you to, to, to come and do this is you've listened to a lot of radio and, and you know a little bit about, about what's supposed to be going on. Although you are not a radio person, it's been your hobby, but you've listened to broadcasts both national and international. I know the reason you ended up being on the air with me was that uh, Chris Thompson and I used to do a short wave program. Chris Thompson does weather on Spectrum now, but he used to be our weather guy. And uh, one of the best times I would have was when you and Chris were there and we would do a short wave program. Mm-hmm. And you, you, we had invited you to come because you would call in with all the answers. And so Chris and I said, why don't we just invite this guy to join the show? And so, so that's how you ended up being our, 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 our and we, we did those short wave shows for a long time and occasionally dip into international broadcasting even now because that's a good way to learn about what's, but listening to the BBC, you get a different view of what's going on in America. You and do. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's, worth, it's worth having. It, uh, it was just a great, it's a great way to get information and learn about the world. And it was, uh, you didn't have to really pay anything except buying batteries for your radio. Or... Exactly. Did you ever listen to the anything like the, well, I, I, I tried to make a case last night for, radio stations, and WPTF is a cultural force because it had a lot, mm-hmm. something you couldn't find a lot of in, in eastern and central North Carolina in the days when we were young, and that is uh, like classical music and opera and things. The WPTF carried the Metropolitan Opera when there was nobody else to do it. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of North Carolinians heard their first live opera by listening to WPTF. And they also had a half hour of the Grand Ole Opry on every week, so they got their country music too. And and I, I was impressed uh, at the grand at the uh, uh, Metropolitan Opera. I think that was on Saturday afternoon, okay. and and I I was impressed that WPTF was broadcasting that, and it was really it, it's been that way. A lot of a lot of really good entertaining program, and of course, like I say, I there's still a lot of entertaining programming on WPTF and. Your program's one of the one of the things that I listen to on a regular basis, and uh, and I also I also love the Weekend Gardener. I, I think. Well, you know that's the oldest locally originated program that's on. It started out as the North as the, I think the Tar Heel Gardener. Do you remember it that far back? I don't remember that far back. I, okay. I, 
I, I just remember, I just remember how you know, the, you know when when I went traveled to England, the BBC Radio Four had a gardening program that was just fascinating to listen to, and I never had been much of a gardener, you know, but I enjoyed that gardening program. Well, here WPTF has a program, and it is it is a really entertaining program to listen to. You learn a lot about a lot of things. Well, that program is still on, as a matter of fact, and for those who never listened to the BBC, and if you have a computer, there's no problem listening to it, and they have a number of different networks, and you happen to mention the number of the one that, that you would listen to and that I would listen to, and it, it's actually kind of like listening to Monitor is what it's kind of like. Well, it, uh, it is. Radio 4. Radio 4, yes. And uh, the BBC, uh, you know, it, it, it's really uh, a lot like what the BBC World Service uh, has been like over the years, but uh, they're more news-oriented now than they used to be. And, uh, you know, I, I like a variety of programs. So, um, but I, I, I would commend I would commend the Weekend Gardener to uh, to your listeners because uh, I know uh, one of the hosts is uh, Rufus Edmondson, former uh, Attorney General, uh, somebody who, uh, you know, I got to know when I was about uh, 12 years old when I went to summer camp, and uh, you know he's 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 entertaining. He's you know, he's from the mountains. He's entertaining. So that's the kind of program that WPTF brings to the table. I mean, you got a mountain guy on one show, and you got a guy from Goldsboro, North Carolina, on another show. Well, Rufus is a fine fellow, and and what we in Eastern North Carolina would call a piece of work. Uh, but he and Mike are good friends, and uh, uh, there have been, uh, I'm trying to think of Ann's last name, Ann, Ann, Ann Clapp, Clapp, who is the master gardener, mm-hmm. and the program is on every Saturday morning, and it probably has the highest, I would guess, I don't know, I'm, a, I'm not management, so I don't know, but one of the highest ratings, and Mike uh, became the regular host, Mike Rayleigh, yep. of it in the mid-80s, it, it's, it's uh, uh, 30... 35 years, I think it's been on just a little longer than, than, than I've been doing this nighttime show. And uh, he's, uh, as a, my mother used to listen to that program religiously, although she wasn't much of a gardener. She just enjoyed hearing people talk about gardening. And, and, and uh, they, they, they have a program three hours every Saturday morning. I mean, that's, uh, and it, it just flies by. I mean, we need, you know, we need to do something, Woody. And you need to be doing this, thinking up your, your. If there's one thing you wanted to talk about that you didn't get to talk about, uh, and one one last role because we, you and I, have been so having so much fun here. We passed the point where we're supposed to take a break, so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have about three minutes left. To All right. Well, I got one last thing. But that's exactly what you need to do. Woody Seymour, he's got one last thing in his, along with me, Tom Kearney tribute to the. Birthday of WPTF, 96 years old today. We'll be back. This radio, WPTF. Tom Kearney here. Woody, we've got two minutes, so go for it. All right. Well, you know, uh, and, and I know you and Tony were talking about this the other night, but uh, uh, I used to listen to WPTF FM some back in the 1960s and early 70s before it changed to WQDR. And they had some interesting cultural programming on that time, and they actually had some programs that were originally broadcast on international shortwave stations. 
And that impressed me. I mean, it was something that, you know, that very cultural in nature. Right. And, and that was the way a lot of early FM stations were until they had to become kind of uh, a little bit more commercial. And in the 70s, that's when FM began to really uh, come to be up there with AM. I mean, that was that was a, a changing time. And WPTF-FM was, uh, was, was well worth listening to. There were very few FM stations to listen to back You know what? We, we, remember that. Tie that, put a little ribbon on it. That's where we'll pick up. But we'll, we'll slump out of time here, and I'm going to get... John's going to be very angry with me. Woody Seymour, thanks for being our guest tonight and helping us celebrate the birth date of WPTF. Tomorrow night we're going to talk about the weather.